Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. Today, I am super excited to welcome a friend of mine. This is the first time, actually, that I've had a special guest come and join me on this podcast. So, without further ado, I want to welcome my good friend Felipe. And, um, Felipe, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? and what you're doing here in Canada and anything that you would like to share about yourself. All right. <laughs> It's so uh, interesting the way yeah, that, that you introduce the podcast because I am a friend of yours and I am excited about the idea of the whole idea of being here with you, my friend. And uh, what can I tell? Well, thank you so much for the invitation. It's uh, for me an honor and a pleasure to be here. Um, I am a little bit excited and um, not frightened, frightened, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, um, with ex expectations to see what, what what's the what's the what's the outcome of uh, all of this. But anyway, yeah, my name is Felipe Felipe Mora, so it's uh, like BlackBerry in Spanish is Mora, right. M O R A, and uh, basically I came here with my wife. Her name is Daniela. And we decided to come to Canada because, uh, first off, we wanted to brush up on our English. And uh, we came to realize that we knew nothing about English because uh, we were told in our country that we were, like, intermediate. But when we had a chance to, like, uh, face so many things, uh, so many situations in Canada, we came to the conclusion that we were not intermediate. <laughs> so that was uh, something interesting in our process. So first off, we came here to study. And after, my wife just wanted to like deepen into whatever she was doing as a professional. So she went to, to went back to college and uh, we, she like she did like two year, uh, a two year program at uh, one of the best universities here in Canada. And the most, I'd say the most, how can I say this? Yeah, the, mo the most common university in the city in, in, on the island, which is the University of Victoria. And yeah, uh, that's us in Canada. Uh, we are from Colombia. Did I say that uh, before? Probably not. And uh, yeah, we are happy here learning English. We knew pr uh, like practically nothing about like uh, speaking like uh, about spoken English. Because we were taught when we were back in, in Colombia how to mostly write and how to read English, but never how to face the challenge of being in front of a native speaker and having to talk to, to all of them in yeah, different contexts. So that's me. So just to repeat that back, you, you said that you, you and Daniela decided to come to Canada because you wanted to work on your English skills. Was that the primary motivation for you to come to Canada? Basically, Mr. Aaron, I'd say yes, that was the first motivation. And we thought uh, and we uh, encountered many people that said, oh, you are going to, to get everything people say as soon as you come off the, the, the plane. So we thought it would be like easier than it has been so far. And uh, yes, the, the primary objective of, of ours was to improve our English. Once we realized that it, it was going to take uh, longer, we decided to stay. 
and we have done like plenty of things in order to get our confidence um, because it's not that easy. So when we uh, realized that uh, the process uh, would be longer than we thought it would uh, the beginning, we decided to stay longer and we have tried to implement different strategies in order to get as much confidence as we can because it's not that easy. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's not worth it. Um, but yes, just answering the question, my friend, you uh, you already know that I am from Latin America. So in Canada, it's something curious, but you, you're used to saying something like, long story short. And in Latin America, it's just the opposite. It's short story long. Yes. So. <laughs> I know all <laughs> All right. You know, it's great for a podcast because we need our guests to speak. <laughs> All right, yes. But uh, yeah, 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 that was the first goal that we had in mind. And we live here. We still live in Victoria. We haven't left the country since the very moment we came to the country. So we haven't had a chance to go back to visit our family. Uh, but yeah, English, we're working on it. And that was the first goal. So it's not achieved, like fully achieved, I'd say. Uh, in our heads, in our minds, but uh, we're doing what, what we can yeah, we, with what we have. Thank you for sharing that. So, so you were saying that when, when you arrived, you discovered that it wasn't as easy as maybe what you thought it would be. And I'm just curious, in what ways has it not been what you thought it would be? Or how has it been difficult for you? And... What have you been doing to overcome some of those those challenges? And I ask that question because you're not the first person that I've met that that makes that comment, you know, that they they think that just crossing over into the United States or Canada that everything is going to be, you know, the yellow brick road and everybody's like, you know, the Wizard of Oz, everybody's dancing for joy as they walk along the road, <laughs> you know, that it's just going to be so much easier. And uh, my wife and I's journey ourselves in moving to Canada, it's not been easy for us. And I'm a Canadian. My wife is from Mexico. But we've also had to face a lot of tough obstacles, and we're still, you know, facing them. And uh, so I'm just curious if you could share some of what you've been facing as uh, as you've been trying to establish yourself here. Wow, I hope yeah, this doesn't take, like, forever. <laughs> Because, yes, it's basically a journey, uh, uh, an entire journey that brings like frustrations, but at the same time, like some um, times where you feel that you are achieving the goal. Um, but yeah, basically, I'd say when we were back in our home country, we used to think that we were better at English because, you know, like schools in Latin America, they are used to teaching English, but uh, you are talking in Spanish all the time. Unless you're going to a bilingual school, for instance, you don't get the chance to talk like as much English as you would like to, you know? So I remember when I was uh, in an institute called Berlitz. Yes, yeah. I, I did an exam uh, with them and they just gave me their results and I was like a B2. So I was happy because I said, oh, I'm ready to, to, to make the leap and come to Canada. Yeah, so B2 is like an upper intermediate. Level. That's upper intermediate. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay. So basically, 
that means that if I, I commit myself to studying English for about, let's say, six months, I'm going to be ready to face the, the, my jobs and stuff. So, yeah, that's going to be like somehow quick and fa fast and easy. But when I came here, when you get to, to expose yourself to the, to the country, to the people, to the different contexts, uh, you just realize that you are not what you used to think of you. You know what I mean? So sure. basically, I discovered that I, that I might have been something close to the A2 than the B2 that I was like told earlier when I started the journey of learning English back in my home country. Yeah. And again, I was taught mostly about how to write and read English. And they always told us, never think um, in Spanish. Just try to learn as in the same way uh, kids do, which is like from scratch. Don't think, don't translate. But I have to be honest with uh, all the people that are, that are listening to this, this podcast is it's something really difficult because when I started this journey in Canada, I was 28 and uh, so was my wife. And um, we already had a filter. We already knew how to talk. And that was, the filter was our first language. So when you talk to people, you discover that, uh, that there are like many ingredients when it comes to like speaking fluently in English and when it comes to being understood by native speakers. And one of those components is the pronunciation. So the pronunciation and then the grammar. So people say, I just talk and talk and talk. And I don't really care whether people like uh, find my English uh, difficult to understand or not. I just talk. But when I just try to understand uh, native speakers, uh, like in English, like English native speakers, when they talk to me, when I am talking to them, it's really nice that the person in, the case, in, in this case, myself, trying to learn the language, try to do as best as they can, because structure in a language is very important. So grammar is important uh, and pronunciation was important. So when I, I got my first job in Canada, I started to say many things in a way that was improper in terms of grammar and in terms of, um, of pronunciation. So those two things, like I think, uh, have been the most challenging ones when it comes to like talking about barriers and uh, challenges about the language itself. So those things are important. Yeah, in my, in my journey, pronunciation and grammar. First thing I, 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 I heard from many people that, that uh, had a chance to travel all around the world was never get yourself to the point where all your friends are Spanish-speaking people. Because you are not going to pick it up like as quickly as you are supposed to if you want to thrive in the journey. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try. And this is going to be like tough, I thought, because I live with a Spanish-speaking wife. Right. It was like, my goodness, what, how can I do? And we tried, my friends, like for all of those who are married and are trying to just talk to your spouses in your second language, 
you just get to realize that it's tough because you already know an easier way to talk to each other, which is, in my case, Spanish. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, it's easier. In the case, any of, of you guys are better than the other one. It's like a nightmare sometimes because, yes, you love the, the, the other, but it's just tough to like get yourself to a point where uh, you just have to bear and resist uh, the pace at which your uh, spouse or your friend is talking. It, well, I mean, it's, it's complicated. So what, I, what do I do? In a daily basis. It, is it easy? No. Because I love Spanish. I, I talk to my mom back in Colombia in Spanish, to my sister, to everybody that I know in Spanish. My brain is comfortable speaking in Spanish because I don't even have to think. Right. But um, I have developed like uh, certain habits, if I can say that, in order to take care of my English. Number one. It's easy. Like, yeah, listening to podcasts is something that helps you like a lot yeah. because I used to have a, a teacher when I came to the, to the country, to Canada, I went to study English, like study English uh, for about six months. And one of uh, my teachers said, like, the better you are at listening, the better you will be at speaking because basically your brain is trying to get as much as it can in terms of like sentences, uh, slangs, words, vocabulary. So I just was, I, I decided to be committed to listening podcasts, to watching TED Talks. Um, and I switched my, 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 my phone from Spanish into English. Everything is in English in my, on my phone. And um, what else? Music, English, um, and movies. I love movies. I just realized that it's easy for me to just learn dialogues, entire dia dialogues in English. And I, I have been like discovering that it's good for me to implement some of those dialogues in, in real life. So different strategies, but the result is like more confidence, more vocabulary, more resources in order for you to be able to face challenges in the real world. So you said quite a bit there. Let's see if we can dig into a couple of them. So you mentioned that um, the importance of trying to build relationships with people around you who are not um, who are not speakers of your first language. Like in this case, you were trying to build friendships with people who speak English. And I'm just curious how that has been going for you. Do you feel like you've been able to make friendships in that way? Was it difficult at first or uh, do you still find it difficult now? Because I do know that at least here in where we live in Victoria, it's not, we've found it to not be very easy to break into uh, different friends circles. I mean, we do thankfully now have really good friends. We don't get to see them very often, which really sucks, but you know that there just seems to be, at least in our, what we experienced at first, especially was kind of, it was hard to break in and it was hard to make friends. And that was very lonely, very difficult. And, uh, even though we, my wife and I both speak English, fluently, <laughs> pretty fluently. We felt isolated, even though we had each other, we had our family. Um, there was still that feeling of being alone. 
and missing home and all those pressures, you know, well, missing home in the perspective of my wife. And for me, home was here in Canada, but I did miss certain aspects of being in Mexico because we lived there for a long time and my wife grew up there. So that was a constant downward pull, I think, for us in a negative way. You know, it was kind of working against us that need to build friendships. For us, it wasn't necessarily to develop our language skills. It was more for just to make it here <laughs> because we need uh, we need friends. We need people in our life, right? What's been like for you? Well, Mr. Aaron, I think you have touched on the topic that concerns me the most when it comes to thinking about my future in Canada, the both of us, uh, like my wife's and mine, our future, because, yes, we ended up just not obeying or following the, the advice of uh, a friend of mine, like back in Colombia, when they said, don't surround yourself by people who speak your same language. Yeah. So I didn't obey or follow <laughs> that advice because, well... It, it, it wasn't because we were lazy. It was because it was hard for us to break in um, to different relationships and groups of people who were already established. Yeah. I must ha highlight that when we came to Canada, we were facing, we just got here with a lot of aspirations and dreams and expectations. And one month later, perhaps three weeks later, once we, we, we were like somehow established here, we went to college for about three weeks and then the shutdown started. Uh, it was like the, the COVID thing. So it was a challenge because even though one of our landlords were a native speaker, a native, an English native speaker, it wasn't the... Like, we were talking to him, like, all the time. So it was something we had to face. We went through, like, uh, and uh, it was good. But uh, to this point, like, nowadays, I believe that it's been, like, really hard for us to find some people to, to lean on when uh, thinking about, like, people, like, English-speaking people. Because probably it's something in our minds, But we like to think, probably it's an excuse, but in my case, for instance, I ended up developing like two different uh, um, personalities, types of personalities, if I can say that, because in Spanish, I consider myself very like easygoing and extroverted. I am the kind of person who really likes to make other people to participate, to bring in more people to my, my, my own group. But when it comes to, like, English, I just realize that I am introverted because I cannot be as humorous as I am used to being in Spanish, mm -hmm. which is, like, a very important aspect of my, of how I, I consider or, or, or how I can see myself, like, in a relationship. Humor is a very important part of my life. So... If I cannot do that, sometimes I, I believe or I think in my, my mind that I am constantly facing like a barrier that I cannot surpass or, or overcome. So that's the first part of our interview. And before I go, I just wanted to highlight a few important things that Felipe shared. 
the first thing that stuck out to me was that he shared that it, it wasn't as easy for him and his wife as they thought it would be, you know, moving to Canada. They thought it would be different than what it actually was. It's one thing to be studying English in your own country, where you're surrounded by your family and your friends and everything that you're used to. But when you move to, to a completely new country like Canada, for example, it can be a very unsettling experience because you might discover, like Felipe did, that his English wasn't as strong as he thought it was. I remember that happening to me when I moved to Mexico. I had been studying for a few months before I left, studying Spanish, that is. But when I arrived in Mexico, I quickly discovered that I knew next to nothing in Spanish at all. That made my first few months there very challenging. And it's important to prepare yourself for that reality if you haven't moved here yet. Maybe you're preparing to come. Get yourself ready for that possibility, you know, that maybe your level of English might not be as strong as what you thought it would be. And it might not be as easy to adopt to Canada as you thought it would be either. But that doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. You just, like what Felipe said, it doesn't mean that it wasn't worth doing. It was just more difficult. It was more challenging. And it's important to prepare ourselves for that. I also appreciated the point he made about the importance of your friendships. Do your best to surround yourself with people who don't speak your first language. Surround yourself, or at least try your best to surround yourself with people who are native English speakers. As Felipe so correctly points out, it's not about how long you've been living in Canada or an English-speaking country that makes your English skills get better. Both Felipe and I have friends who have literally been living here in Canada for decades, and they are still struggling to speak fluent English. It's not about how long you are here that makes a difference. A big thing that does make a difference is the people that you interact with on a regular basis, your friends. Again, try to create friendships with people who are English speakers. This will help you to make dramatic progress with your English. But, as he points out, you might need to persevere at this. It's not always easy to build friendships when you first arrive. You need to be intentional about it. Failure to do this will literally add years to your journey of learning English. Felipe also mentions the value of working hard to develop your listening skills by listening to podcasts or movies or TV shows in English because our minds love to soak up new vocabulary words and slang. He also talks about using his favorite dialogues to help him build his fluency skills. Those are all great ideas. Maybe it's something that you too can start doing with your favorite TV shows or with your favorite movies or podcast episodes. The more you listen to it, the more your mind will start to pull in new words, new vocabulary, new phrases, new ways to say things that maybe you hadn't thought of before. So 
as much as you possibly can be exposing yourself to those resources because they will make a big difference for you. So my friend, what are you taking away from today's interview? Was there something that Felipe was talking about that spoke to you? More than anything, I hope you feel encouraged to hear that maybe you're not the only one who has had struggles and challenges along this journey. At least that's my hope in sharing these conversations with you. I want you to feel like, hey, I'm not alone. Other people struggle like I do. I invite you to come back next week for the next part of my conversation with Felipe. Thank you for listening to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. I'll see you again next Tuesday.